It's time to take off your clothes, enjoy clothes-free living, and join us for Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Welcome to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, the show that celebrates clothes-free living for all. I'm your host, Frank Stone. And I'm your correspondent, Lisa Monroe, and I'll be reporting on all things within the Naturist community, so it's time to get naked and join us. And enjoy clothes-free living on Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Well, greetings and welcome in to Naked, Nudists, and Naturists, episode 33 today. We thank you for being with us. We enjoy this time together. It gives us a chance to get together clothes-free for all of the right reasons. Welcome on in. The pool is fine. The hot tub is fired up at the regular temperature. We have not only steaks, hamburgers, and hot dogs on the grill. We added some short ribs, some fish, and some corn. So it's going to be a fiesta of food today. We have your favorite drink over in the cooler off to the left, vegetables and fruit off to the right. Make yourself a plate and come back as many times as you want to. As we take in the sunshine and the wind on our skin, we also have a little campfire out back. Whether it's too warm for a fire really doesn't matter, but it's a great place to sit around, have some camaraderie, and maybe even roast our marshmallow or two. Why not go to the max? Just enjoying clothes-free living for all of the right reasons. It's our 33rd week doing this, and by no coincidence at all, it's our 33rd episode. That's right, we give you a brand new show every Saturday morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. You can guarantee we will be there for you as we are right now, 6 a.m. Eastern Time on Spotify, branches out to every platform under the sun at some point after that. We're not in control of that. It's our website as well. We want you to write us early and often. Email, a couple of issues there, but write us anyway, nakedforevermore at gmail.com. Definitely hit us up on Twitter. That's the best place to reach us. Just type in Naked Nudist and Naturist, and we will come up. Our website, easy to find, nakednudistandnaturist.com. We just enjoy hearing from you, hearing your stories, hearing your journeys, your questions, your suggestions, everything. Let's enjoy this time together. Well, on today's show, we will talk, first of all, to Andy Rogers. She is Miss Everything in the world of naturism. We'll have her tell her story. She's going on a tour to various uh, resorts to promote women in naturism. She came out with a calendar last year looking to do another one. She was the AANR Woman of the Year in 2023. The list goes on and on. We'll get to that interview in just a few moments. Of course, the very talented, highly gifted, terrific Lisa Monroe will be here. We will talk about some nude businesses, businesses where you can actually go in the nude and you enjoy the facility nude, the workers are nude. And we'll have part one of my interview with Fiona Discom of the Mike and Fiona team or Fiona and Mike, depending on how they word it from day to day. They own a hotel on a boat in the U.K., That's right, you can book a room on their little hotel on the boat, and it's a naturist little vacation. They'll take you up and down the canal system. They'll even stop off at different restaurants if you want to. You probably have to get dressed for those. Otherwise, it's a fully nude vacation. They'll even provide the food for you, and what a great service they provide. So part one today of my interview with Fiona. 
But thank you for being with us on episode 33 of Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. And now let's get to my brief interview with the very terrific Andy Rogers. We're going to head uh, up to Oregon this morning. Hope I pronounced the name of that state correctly. We're going to talk to Andy Rogers. She's a woman's advocate and creator of the Women One Word, the WOW campaign. We'll talk quite a bit about that. She is also the Women in Nude Recreation Chair for the American Association for Nude Recreation. And she was named the AANR 2023 Woman of the Year. Much more on her resume, but, you know, we do want to bring her in. Otherwise, I'll just be talking. We'll have to say goodbye to her. So let's welcome from uh, Oregon, Andy Rogers. Good morning, Andy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing really well. Super excited to be part of this. And I thank you so much. Well, you bet. Now, I'm from the northern climate originally, and I'm guessing about this time of year, if my memory serves me correctly, it's a little chilly to be nude 24 hours a day outside. Is that still the case? Yeah, that's the case. However, yesterday it was lovely, so it was great. But but most of the time, it's 30s and 40s, so it's chilly. Yeah, just a little bit. Now, you, uh, we want to get into it right away. This is a shorter interview to introduce you to, to our listeners. And then we have a longer interview coming up in a few months or so. But you were named uh, the winner chair, W-I-N-R. We already said that's women in nude recreation. But you have a gigantically huge campaign coming up, uh, the WOW campaign, Women, One Word. Maybe just tell us about this campaign, then we'll get into your backstory as well. Sure. I um, wanted a way to include women all across the nation to encourage each other, uh, uplift each other, empower each other. And so I chose the idea of people or of women uh, selecting a word that speaks to them uh, about who they are or what nudism has done for them. So they chose a word and put it on their body. Uh, and then I posted that word or the picture each day in March, which is Women's History Month. I shared it through all the social mediums that we have, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I also put it up on the website, thewomeninnuderecreation.com. So the women put their word on their body wherever they chose, but they also wrote a story to go along with it. So you can go to that website and, and read the women's stories as well. So the word in itself is very powerful, um, but the stories just really drive it home. You can read about some of the things they've gone through and what nudism has done for them. That is what we hear more and more around here, more than anything else is the whole body positivity thing, because we were raised, it seems like females more than ma uh, males, uh, you know, uh, hide your body, you're too big, you're too small, you're too whatever. And then we just get all discombobulated in our minds, don't we? We're never perfect. I mean, there's no way to meet society's standard of perfect. Right. So, which is much how I felt at 115 pounds. I hated it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and heavier, of course, I would hate it because I wasn't what society wanted me to be. Right. And and we never will be. We will never be how they look on TV or the movies because they fix those people up with uh, makeup and surgery. and Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll never match that. Yet we're told we have to. And women more than men, because ladies, you have to get your hair right. You have to get your makeup right. The jewelry, the, the dress, the skirt, the pants, whatever. You have to spend all this money, and then you'll look like the movie stars, except we never do, right? Right. And right now, I don't want to. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'd rather just look like me. That is the best attitude. And once we adopt that attitude, men and women, uh, then we're set to go. But if you're focusing on women, 
And you have uh, a bit of a campaign coming. You're going to be traveling around to a lot of places, right, to, to spread the word? I am. I have uh, Winter on Wheels is kind of what I dubbed it, tour. Um, <laughs> but specifically, the workshops that I'm going to be talking to women about is called the I'm Perfect Workshop. So you take the word imperfect and you capitalize the letter I and the letter P. So it changes the whole concept to I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. So speaking to women, uh, mostly in the Northwest and in the Western region of Anner at different clubs and a few um, non-landed clubs that I get to visit. And I'll be talking to them about how my journey led me to being perfect <laughs> per my yeah. standards so, and that was a lot of, that's a lot of inner healing that needs to take place. Um, and I've never found that anywhere, but in the nudist community. And so I want to share that with women. I want to empower them to feel that way and just encourage women through these talks. Yeah, it really is amazing how that happens. And I've seen it happen, I want to say 17 trillion gazillion times. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I recall from your backstory, because I've heard it before, you did not grow up in a naturist family. You were not nude within the home for the most part. And you had some body positivity issues, as you mentioned a little earlier, uh, too small at one point, too big at another. What led you to the point where you just said, you know what, to heck with it. My clothes are coming off, clothes free living for all the right reasons. And now you feel like a million bucks. How did all of that happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up in a very conservative family um, and a lot of, of church going. Uh, back in the day. But uh, I guess how it happened was I left my first husband and uh, found this amazing man that I'm now married to. I wanted to surprise him as he's a nudist at heart, always has been. Okay. And so I surprised him with a trip to one of the clubs that I found on Google. When we got there, I said, don't expect me to get naked. <laughs> this is for you, uh, not for me. Yeah. But during the course of that trip, I saw another woman walking around who was very large woman, but she was the happiest woman I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was showing people around. She was the hostess. Uh, she had on her shoes and a smile. And I just, she exuded confidence. And I, in a way I've never had before. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that confidence. So I stepped out of the motorhome, nude, but I had my sarong in my hand, you know, <laughs> just in case. But um, we spent most of that weekend nude. There were very few people around, which was actually quite good for me. It, yeah. it made me very comfortable just to be nude in front of my husband in public. From there, we visited another retreat, and it's the one that we belong to now, Serenity Mountain Retreat. And here, it just felt like home when we drove in, and the people were incredible. It was easy to be myself around them. It was easy to take off that sarong. I did wear for quite quite a while until I was incredibly comfortable. My confidence grew and then mm -hmm. off came the sarong. And now I walk around in just my shoes and a smile. The sarong came off and it never went back on. Correct. Now, if somebody would have told you that story, let's say when you were 25 years old, like Andy, here's the deal. I went to this resort and saw a woman walking around nude, except for her shoes and a smile. And I took all my clothes off and life was great. If they would have told you that at 25, your reaction would have been what? I probably 
would have said that's okay for you, <laughs> but <laughs> not for me, which is what I hear all the time. So I talk oh. about being nude. I carry my cards with me everywhere I go. And it just recently, in fact, this week, um, was talking to a woman about it in the doctor's office. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to have to gain some more confidence before I do that. And I said, you know, that's what I hear all the time. So I'm going to encourage you just to do it. Uh, come up and visit us. Come up during the middle of the week when no one's there or come to our, you know, one of our big events and you can kind of blend in the crowd. She said she'd think about it. Yeah. And I'd hope at 25, I would have at least thought about it, but I wasn't in a place there where I would have been able to do that. Yeah. And most are not. And I, I guess that that's the point I'm trying to make is you're trying to fit this image that, you know, Hollywood and magazines and TV tell you you have to be and you realize you're not. So somebody says, you know, if you actually, instead of trying to find the right clothes, take off all your clothes and life will be better. It, that just sounds like psycho babble because of what it we've does. been, uh, yeah, what we've been trained to believe since uh, we were born in many cases, but it actually works and you are living proof of that. And that's why I'm glad you're doing this tour. And how many spots altogether? Do you have it all lined up? Or are you going to add more or uh, how many? Do you 16 have so, far? so far, but with more wow. in with more coming in. So wow. I think it'll be all year long, uh, practically. Uh, I, I believe we're going to go up to Western Canada late August, early September. We're um, talking with the folks up there about that. And that'll be really great. So 16 stops. That is great. And I should point out, in your spare time, you're also the president of your local club. You mentioned it earlier, a Serenity Mountain Retreat. You're the president of that, right? I am. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. this little piece of this little slice of heaven. I'm ready to pass that on for a while, though. <laughs> so this is my last year. This is my last year as president here because I will be president of the Northwest. Should they vote me in? We'll see. Of the Northwest region this summer. I have a feeling they will. You're the vice president right now, correct? I am. There's no stopping you now. That, now that your clothes have come off and you're living the clothes for your life for all the right reasons, nobody can stop Andy Rogers now, right? That's right. That's <laughs> Look right. out. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we roll, baby. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's great to have met you. And again, we're going to get up, uh, meet up again in a few months to have a much longer interview, a full length interview. But I wanted to get you on to talk about this uh, tour you have coming up. You're visiting various spots to talk about women and explain your story and how it worked for you. And it will work for them. It's not that it might work for them. It will. It work absolutely will. Yes. So how do they uh, how do they find out more information about you or more information, uh, more information about the tour? Do you have a website out there? I do. I have womeninnuderecreation.com where you can get updates on the tour. You kind of follow us uh, as we go um, each weekend. I'll update that with whatever uh, club we were at. And then um, you can also read the old stories from the WOW campaign of 2023. And I'm taking submissions for the 2024 WOW campaign, which we'll uh, post starting May 1st. We're going to do it in May this year. So I'm looking for people who'd like to join that campaign this year. And after that campaign, I'll make another calendar. I made a calendar of all the submissions from 2023. So just really impactful what the what those submissions do, what the calendar has done. And I'll be talking about that on my tour as well. So. All right. Well, great to have met you this morning, Andy Rogers. I'd list her accomplishments off again and all that she's doing, except it would take another 35 minutes. Andy Rogers, go out there and have a great close free day, and we will definitely talk again soon. And best wishes on this tour until we speak again. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Frank. All right. Thank you. The very terrific Andy Rogers. She's also going to submit brief reports from her various stops along the way in this journey. And we will have a full-length interview with her coming up in just a few months. And we thank Andy Rogers for all of her time on today's show. What a terrific woman, a terrific advocate for naturism for all. And specifically, she's targeting women. That's her role right now. But what a great advocate for naturism overall. We are very happy to have had her on the show today. And again, we'll have her again and again and again and again as we go throughout uh, 2024. Well, you are listening to Naked Nudist and Naturist, episode 33 today. Thank you for being with us. We hope you're having a great clothes-free day. And now there she is, strutting in the room, the one, the only, the terrific, Lisa Monroe. And here she is, the one and only, the terrific, the fully, excessively over-the-top, nude and smiling, Lisa Monroe. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning, Frank. And I swear, I don't think I could get any less, you know, nude and so forth. But, um, you know, that's the way to go. It's the only way to go. Excessively over the top, nude and smiling. Exactly. That is the way to go through life. Absolutely. Well, I thought we'd get into uh, an article I found on cracked.com. That title alone makes me a little queasy, but it has nothing to do with whatever. Yes. Uh, they have a lot of uh, bizarre things on there, but uh, they have some naturism things on there too. And they have different businesses where you can be nude. Not only the customers, but I think the, the workers are nude, which I've always, I've thought about this a lot actually over the years. Why don't we have nude businesses, nude hair salons, nude restaurants? I mean, we do, but they're few and far between. So the first one on the list I thought we'd talk about, I'll read a little bit, is a uh, nude coffee shop. Well, hello. You know, if you look at Twitter, the naturist nudist there, everybody has a coffee mug. <laughs> I was going to say that's our, that's kind of our, the elixir of life. <laughs> that's right. And everybody on, uh, seems like everybody on Twitter, they take a nude selfie holding a coffee mug. I still haven't figured out the correlation other than maybe it's their one piece of hiding something, although they don't hide anything, but I always get a kick out of it. Good morning, everybody. And they're holding a coffee mug. So why not a nude coffee shop? I think that's a perfect idea. I think it'd be a lovely place to go have a cup of coffee, read, you know, make yeah. sure they keep the air conditioning down. But yeah. uh, that would be my only concern. <laughs> Does this come with an Afghan too? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no, no Afghans allowed. Nude oh. is nude, Lisa Monroe. <laughs> but I understand that, but I do get cold. So, you know, yeah. I, I like to be prepared. What can I tell yeah. you? <laughs> Well, California had some for a number of years. I don't know if they still do. I, I know they were cracking down on them because, as they said, you know, people might walk in not expecting nude people. It's like, oh, no, what do we do now? Well, I would say order coffee since that's why you came in. <laughs> Keep your clothes on or off. That's up to you. But see, that's, you know, we talk a lot about naturism, nudism, doing things that you would normally do with your clothes on or that you used to do with your clothes on going into a coffee shop and having coffee, I'm guessing you have done, and I know I have done for years with my clothes on. Why not clothes off? I've done, I, yes, I'd like everyone else, I've done this for years. It's, I did a lot of writing in coffee shops because it was, even if the coffee shop was crowded, there's a sense of serenity about being in a coffee shop. So I think it's a perfect match for mm -hmm. people who want to be in tune with nature and be naturist and 
you know, so it's kind of silly that there aren't some places where, okay, fine, you know, if you want me to sign up and, you know, pay a dollar for membership or something and let me walk in and enjoy this, I'd do that. But, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous that something that doesn't hurt anyone else is kept from us doing it. So I'd love to have a coffee shop I could do that with. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, and uh, I know you'll like this one, a nude handyman, Ooh. which could also be a you know a nude plumber, nude electrician, a nude painter. Uh, uh, there's even, uh, uh, it's not on the list here, but a nude uh, moving company. They would show up nude. I, I don't know what they do from the truck to the home. I guess they were closed there, and then they get everything in and set it up in the nude. But why not? You know, I, I, I'm not the world's most... Uh, uh, I'm not the world's greatest handyman, but you know I do okay in my own home. I don't hire myself out, but the house hasn't fallen down yet, so I guess I'm okay. I can't imagine having clothes on when I'm fixing things because you know you bend, you twist, you get underneath the sink, and the clothes get in the way and they restrict your movement. Nude handyman sounds like the way to go. What do you think? I think it's an excellent idea because you know it's hot sometimes, especially if you're AC people and you're crawling through attics or you know or you're under a sink trying to fix something and I think it's a great idea uh, clothes are cumbersome and you know we won't have those embarrassing images of plumbers under the sink it would just you know if if because it takes all of that away takes all of that embarrassment away so yeah, yeah I think it I think most people who work in things like this might might enjoy being naked in and not having to worry about catching their clothes on something. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who offer that service, nude handyman, as I said, nude electrician, nude painter, whatever you want, done in your home, they will do in the nude. I don't know if the prices are more or less or the same, but I had one guy, It's gosh, it's been at least 20 years, maybe 25 years ago, my previous home, uh, a, a plumber needed some uh, a new sink fixture installed, And it was really hard to get to. I don't know who designed that particular sink underneath, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't fit my hands in there the way it needed to be fit. I thought, I need a professional here. So I called this guy and he came uh, looking like a million bucks. Like he had just spent 50 hours at the gym, uh, you know, every day. And now he's going to fix, you know, or install uh, a fixture. And we began to talk. He was there a long time because he had a lot of trouble with it as well. And uh, we got to talking. He said, this is one of the few jobs I've actually kept my clothes on for. Like in the middle of, you know, our conversation, what? (laughs) It wasn't part of the deal here. He said, yeah, he goes, it's usually women who hire me during the day while their husbands are at work. And they say, hey, you know, why don't you work in the nude? You'd be a lot more comfortable. So I do. And that was the first I ever heard about that. Now, he kept his clothes on that time. You know, kids running around the house. We just that, that wasn't part of the deal coming in. But that's what got me thinking about it all those years ago so much more comfortable if you're moving around. And again, you're under a sink, you're bending, you're twisting, you're lifting. Uh, Clothes free is probably the way to go. What do you think? Oh, I think so. And, you know, even just cleaning the house or mopping or, you know, I'd say washing windows, but that can get a little dangerous depending on where. But uh, I I think it's a lot easier. You know, I I don't like clothes anyway. So it's, it's a lot more it's just more comfortable and it's more freeing and you don't feel, you know, encumbered in any way. So I like it. I think yeah. it's a good idea. Now, here's one that makes perfect sense. I think every business of this nature should be nude, and that is a nude car wash. Water flying everywhere. You're guaranteed to get soaking wet, whether you're a worker or somebody outside watching them work on your car. 
should be nude, right? Every car wash. What do you think? I, I, that's a hundred percent for, yes, for me. I love that idea. And yeah. I will admit that I have done car washes with, um, yes, the most bare minimum of things on just simply for that reason. You get wet, yeah. you're out in the sun. Usually if it's warm enough, then you're out in outside. So take advantage of all of it. But yes, it's kind of ridiculous not to just strip off and then you have dry things to put on if you have to put clothes on later. So I think it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. We should do that. We need to start yes. a movement. New car wash. <laughs> just like you're going swimming, you're going to the beach, you know, in the ocean or the lake. You don't have to worry about the wet clothes when you're done. You just, like you said, you, you know, you're nude, you splash water everywhere. You dry off with a towel, put your clothes on and you're good to go. And uh, as you know, Jennifer has told us here, she used to uh, wash her car nude right outside of her parents' home when she still lived there, you know, not, not all that long ago. And I said, well, weren't you worried about issues? Because, well, yeah, if there were an issue, I would have put something on. There was never an issue. Well, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but <laughs> I think every car wash ought to be a nude car wash, just out of common sense, if for no other reason. You agree? I do agree. I think it's it's mm-hmm. practical. And a lot of things that we do or enjoy doing are practical things. You know, society has a tendency to look at things like this as being bad, and I don't understand why. Exactly. All right, the last one for today, and we have some more we will review on uh, next week's show. This one struck me as odd only because I've never been to one of these particular places before, but a nude juice bar. I've not been to a juice bar. I've gotten juice at different places, but a nude juice bar, I guess, why not, right? Didn't there used to be a place called Orange Julius years and years ago? I think that was kind of sort of a juice bar, but um, not not what I think they're talking about now, but... Right. No, I have never, other than a walk up in the mall, ever done anything like that. But it's kind of the same as a coffee shop. You know, if you don't drink coffee, but you drink juice, then you should be able to go in and enjoy it as well. Yeah. And again, we've mentioned this about a half a zillion times. Clothes free is the way to go. And running these businesses clothes free for the workers and for the customers, it's just so much more comfortable. Uh, you know, the nude coffee shop, the nude handyman or handy woman. I guess they have a, a nude maid services out there as well. Right. To me, it's just the way to go. Clothes for a living for all the right reasons and nothing over the line or untoward. Just clothes come off, you do your work, and you're a whole lot happier when you're done. Well, think about it. When you work hard and you're sweating and you've got something that's really frustrating to do or you're outside, clothes get filthy they get dirty they start to smell you've got to wash so you've got all of those other things the wear and tear on your clothes all of those things that you know we we take for granted because we don't think about them but it's just a much more practical thing to do yeah no i agree okay well lisa monroe we are going to dance off here uh, you will literally dance off in a few moments i will metaphorically dance off and <laughs> get to the interview Always great to talk to you. Uh, Stay extra clothes free and smiling and dancing, and we will see you next week. Yes, sir. Certainly will. You take care, Frank. All right. Have a great week. I'm dancing out of here. (laughs) Okay. And there she goes, as promised, dancing off through the door, not to be seen again until next week, but we thank Lisa Monroe for everything. 
Yes, her baked goods are delicious, but also her bubbly, warm personality, always smiling when she comes in, and also her terrific content. Uh, we appreciate Lisa Monroe very much around here. We'll get to her again on next week's show. Well, you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 33 today. We thank you for being with us. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great clothes-free day and enjoying life for all that it was meant to be. Let's get to my interview now with the very terrific Fiona Discom. She and her husband, Michael, run Naturist B&B. They have a hotel on a boat. You need to book a tour on this boat and book a stay, and they will take excellent Naturist care of you. So let's get to it right now, my interview with Fiona Discom. Let's head over to the UK. We're going to talk to uh, Fiona this morning, Fiona Discom from the UK, part of the Mike and Fiona team, or Fiona and Mike, if she might prefer it that way. You've heard a lot about them, a big-time naturist couple all over the map. They've been in the New York Post. They've been in newspapers throughout the world. And among other things, they ended up opening a hotel on a boat, a naturist hotel on a boat. Of course, you can be clothed on the boat as well if you're a non-naturist, but we're a naturist show, so we're talking about the, the naturism aspect. So let's bring her to the show this morning, find out the entire story, uh, how she discovered na- naturism, what it's done for her, how she and Mike are getting along with the hotel, and uh, from the UK, Fiona Discom. Good morning, Fiona. How are you today? Hi, Frank. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, lovely. But a bit cold in the UK at the moment. <laughs> Just a tad chilly. Now, I live in an allegedly warm area, and it was uh, about 45 degrees Fahrenheit the other night. I don't know what that translates to celsius but it's darn cold yeah (laughs) cold (laughs) there's no naked time outside other than quickly running the dogs out okay guys do your thing we got to get back in because i'm cold (laughs) so (laughs) now the the naturist season in the uk is from when to when usually just in general normally it starts from sort of easter um, right through to october um I mean, there, obviously there are a lot of outdoor venues, um, but there are a couple of really good sort of indoor ones as well. Um, you know, they have hotel. We have a Clover Spa Hotel in Birmingham, which is very good. Um, and we also have the Naturist Foundation near London in Orpington, which is very good as well. Um, and there are obviously lots of different clubs and, and venues you can go to up and down the country. All right. Now, before we get into your whole uh, when you and Mike toured everywhere in a van, naturist resorts, and before you got into the whole uh, hotel business, hotel on a boat, let's talk about your backstory for a while, because as I understand it, when you were growing up in your much younger years, people made fun of you or called you names. You know, they that's how kids are. They call everybody a name, whatever it is. And you had some uh, issues with that as far as, well, I guess I don't look too good, so I'd better be covered up totally. And you've gone from that to hello world, I'm clothes free and loving every second of it. So just take us through that. What was it like back then? And how did you overcome it in such a magnificent way? Okay, so my story starts when I was at school in secondary school. um, And I was about 11. And I obviously, I started my period really, really early. And I started to develop quite early. And obviously, other people in my um, class were not developed. The the girls were not developed. And I was made fun of. And I was changing shape, like I said. And I was becoming very curvy. And the the girls miss, well, the boys as well, they they actually made fun of me and said I was fat. And, um, you know, and I had lots of derogatory terms thrown at me. And it 
that sort of behavior when you're at school and you've got no one to talk to back right. then nobody talked about body issues or you know you no one to go to so i would yeah. spend a lot of my time at school in the toilet and then I also consequently got told off for being in the toilet for too long. Of course. Yeah. Obviously for the obvious reason. But other than that, I was sort of hiding away because I didn't want that barrage of um, assault on me, essentially, um, right. from, you know, other people. And to be honest, some of the teachers were like that as well. You know, they'd say, oh, you've been in the toilet so long. Why are you in there? You know, and they wouldn't ask me the reason. They'd just have a go at you and, and then just say that, you know, you shouldn't have been in there that long. Anyway, yeah. Um, I would go to school. I would want, wouldn't want to go to school um, because I was obviously getting bullied about my shape and all the rest of it. So I would go to school even in the summer with massive clothes on to hide my shape. Yeah. So I became essentially invisible, what I thought would be invisible, yeah. um, and just sit with a jumper on in a in a boiling hot summer because I felt that this was the only way I could sort of like um, fit in really. Um, and it's terrible to think about that now. Um, and when I got a bit older and I realised that other people were um, essentially doing the same as I was, they were going through that that process, I'd already gone through that and I'd reached right. But then I, it turned around because then I was getting more attention from, say, like the guys. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and they, were, they were sort of like backing off a bit and making me feel a bit better. So it took a long time. And by the time I was about 18, I think I'd managed to sort of obviously get over that side of things. But it took a long time. And that was nearly what? six years of wow. torment and hmm. I just thought to myself one day, and then I was sort of thinking to myself I would go home and sit there and just cry because I didn't know how to address at the time when I was younger but as I got older I think it became a bit easier and hmm. I just thought to myself well that's their problem but I think when you're young you don't think like that so right. um it, it was quite a process I had to go through to get myself out of that I would talk to friends about it and they tried to give me advice but it was always like um, they weren't sure. So, yeah, again, you're struggling with how to deal with that situation. So, yeah, it, it was pretty bad time for me, really. Um, but as I got older, like I say, um, I decided to be a bit rebellious. Okay. <laughs> and I would go at home. I would sit um, outside in the garden and just take my top off, basically, and and in the in the garden when no no one was around it was just me and sitting outside on a nice day and I thought it's actually this feels quite nice you know um and I must have been about well in my early 20s then um and I'd only do it for maybe half an hour and then come back in and get get dressed again and nobody saw me nobody knew what I was doing but do you know what that made me feel so much better and I felt more a sense of freedom that maybe you know I was holding back from doing things like that because I just didn't know how to dress it but you know I thought oh, no I'm going out I'm going to enjoy the sunshine I'm going to you know sit there topless and see what happens and it was fine like you say yeah. the world didn't stop turning everything kept going amazing <laughs> right. and I felt much better because I felt mm. like I you know addressed oh well I look like this who cares you know well, and that's really uh, the the main question here, because I've dealt with people, men and women, who've gone through the same thing you did, you know, called names, and they were they were body shamed or felt body shamed. And you even said for about six years, you wore lots of clothes, yeah. trying to hide things, trying to become invisible. Uh, but at some point, I think you said in your early 20s, you just said, you know what, forget this noise, I'm going outside, taking my top off, taking in the sun and the wind, 
and it feels like a million bucks or a million pounds, I guess, if you're in the UK. How do you get to that point? How do you get to the point where I have to wear layers of clothes to hide my body to, you know what? Here I am, world, even though nobody saw you. But how did you get to that point? Well, I think I was, you know, to get to that point, um, I just I just had this epiphany. It just suddenly occurred to me, why am I being so restrictive about what, what I look like and my body? And it, it just occurred to me that I, I really don't care what other people think now. Um, and and But it only lasted, and this is the other thing, it only lasted for about a year, maybe, you know, okay. during the summer. And then I felt, I felt, I went back into that thing about feeling like, oh no, my body's not good enough to show. Okay. But then we come on to the next part. And if you want me to, I can (laughs) elaborate a bit more about that as well. Then I met Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, obviously Michael is now my husband, but at the time I was just dating him. Michael was, he had body issues as well. And he was saying to me, you know, he'd go, he was, the other way he was very slim and um felt that you know he could he's he wasn't muscly like the other lads and you know he'd had a few torments in his time and things but anyway so he said to me you've got a lovely body why are you so ashamed to you know to show it off you know and I said well I've never really thought about it like that but I do enjoy going out in the garden and time went on and we got married. I got married in my late twenties with Michael. He was similar age to me Mm -hmm. and uh, we went to Greece for our honeymoon. And that is when the huge epiphany happened. Um, I went, we went, we were booked into a normal hotel or like a textile hotel, but it was packed. It was busy. And the beaches were full of people with bikinis and swimming costumes and everything. So I said, oh, I don't don't really like this. I said, shall we go along and see if we can find somewhere a little bit quieter that walked around the, the other side of the beach? And we found this beautiful cove and there was another couple there and they were completely naked. Um, and I sat there on the beach. I had a bikini on. Michael had a pair of swimming shorts on. And mm. we sat there and I think it's easier for guys, but he just took his shorts off and went straight in the sea and started swimming. And he goes, come on, come on. It's great. Come in, come in. And I just looked around and I thought, do you know what? These people next to me are not even looking. They're not bothered about what we're doing. They're not, Mm -hmm. you know, they're just, they're just enjoying the sun. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I've done it in the garden. I'm going to do it now. And in public, you know, in public in front of everyone else. And um, I did. And yeah. that is the epiphany. That was a massive epiphany moment when I thought, right, that's it. I'm, I've done it. Yeah. I, there's no yeah. going back. And it felt amazing. Yeah. I came out of the sea and I lay on my towel on the beach and it felt really cool, you know, really lovely. The, the elements on your body, especially in Greece, this, it was such a hot day. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten that. And when we returned to the UK, I said to Michael, I said, we need to find places that we can do this in the UK, regardless of the weather. We need to do this and he was so shocked and he just said to me are you sure you know you know you sure you really want to do this and I went yeah I mean he was really up for it he loves it you know he thinks it's great and if it hadn't been for him I don't think I would 
have really gone the full hog and been a complete naturist. But that was like, you know, that was what, 1994. So that's a few years ago now. I still, I still have got it in me now. I don't want to go back to wearing costumes that cling to me when I get out of the water. And, you know, uh, and I find it weird to see people on the beach now with something on. It just makes me like, wow, why are you wearing that? You know, you're missing out, you know, but you know that everyone's got their own thing. So yeah, no, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, no, that's a great story. It's it's hard to convince somebody to do what you did, but if they can themselves struggle through and just say, you know what, to heck with this noise, the suit's coming off, I'm taking a dip in the ocean or the lake, then they realize, oh, wow, I've missed all of these previous years when I could have been, should have been doing this, and now I'm going to do it forevermore. And that's basically what happened to you, right? You got back to the UK and you said, you know what, Michael, <laughs> the clothes are not coming back on. I hope you're okay with that. That's basically what happened, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, um, you know, like I say, we've been like that ever since. And um, we're real advocates for sort of trying to help people, not 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 convince them they need to be naturists, but be more accepting of what we do. Sure. Um, and I think I think that's I think that's a big thing um, here in the UK that, you know, um, it's, it's great. I mean, there are places that you can go to be naturist in the UK. Um, but I think there is a still little bit of prudishism, so we say, um, about you know, um, if you want to sunbathe naked in your bo- in your garden, uh, why should someone sort of find that offensive? Because you're not you're not actually doing anything to offend them. You're just laying naked in your body in your body in the garden. You know, so it's not you're not doing anything to offend anybody particularly. Um, and if you want to swim naked, I you know, as long as you're not causing offence, there's no problem with that. I don't think really. Um, but you always get somebody that might come along and think oh, I don't know what they're doing, you know, and get the wrong idea of naturism. But, you know, generally speaking, it, it's it's fine here in the UK. They have got it sorted, but there are some times when it, you know, people get the wrong idea of what naturism is. And that's what we're trying to address, trying to think, you know, tell, well, educate people really to sort of think this is not um, a bad thing or a seedy thing or, you know, something we do behind closed doors. It's, it's a natural thing and it, everyone can do it. Right. And we've had people on the show before, uh, pastors, you know, biblical scholars who have said, you know, this is how it was done in the Bible days. The prophets went around, they preached, they took off their robes, they were nude, and they preached to nude people. A clothing just came about whenever, whenever they started to maybe leave the Middle East in the really hot weather and they went to cold climates, like, well, okay, I guess we better throw something on because it's getting really cold. So it is, and, and people, you know, the running joke, although it's not a joke, you know, we were born naked. If God had wanted us to be nude, he would have had us born naked, and he did. Uh, it, it, people say that as a joke, but it's true. We were born naked, and somebody told us to put clothes on. And that's where people kind of lose their way. But you found your way back, you know, whether it was uh, consciously or subconsciously, you and Michael both, and now you're living the clothes-free, living life for all of the right reasons. And I had a neighbor once ask me, not where I'm at now, but another place, uh, this lady behind me had no problem with me being nude uh, outside on my deck. You know, I would just lie out there and enjoy the sun, sip some iced tea, listen to music. And one day she came over and said, I have to ask you, why do you always lie out on your deck with no clothes on? And I said, well, let me reverse the question. Why are you always working in your garden with clothes on? And it kind of threw her for a loop. I wasn't being a smart aleck. So we had that discussion for a while about why I'm always nude outside and why she's always closed outside. Now, she never 
joined me or took her clothes off in her garden. At least that, not that I know of. She never said she did, and I never saw her. And I never put clothes back on. But sometimes it's just, I think a lot of it is, and I'm sure you've, you've heard this before, people think, well, you know, they have their clothes off. They're a little bit weird. And I look mm. at it the other way. I look at it as 100% normal. And when people try it, they realize yeah, it makes a lot more sense. And you mentioned the people on the beach in bathing suits and how ridiculous they look. And I agree for a couple of reasons. First of all, why? <laughs> you know, you're on the beach, it's sand, it's water, just enjoy life. Uh, but also, and somebody else pointed this out to me a few years ago. Uh, let's just start with women. You know, they have a bikini on. Well, what does a bikini accentuate? It accentuates certain parts of the body, you know, the sexual parts. And, you know, you've got a bright pink bikini on. Well, where do you think men's eyes are going to go? They're going to go right to what you're accentuating, this bright pink or bright yellow. Or if you have your clothes off, even a non-naturist guy might say, wow, she looks great. Oh, well, anyway, she's naked, so let's just move on. There's no more mystery. There's no more nonsense. It's just, you know, you're, you're sharing a, an iced tea or a sandwich with nude people because it's just totally normal to live the clothes-free life. And I'm guessing you agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, there we've always said there's nothing more sexual than that some woman or even a man, for instance, with, with a, either a man with a thong on or mm. a woman with a bikini, you know, because they're, then they may as well not wear it because half the time they're either, you know, between their bum cheeks or, you know, their, their boobs at, at the end yep. of the day. Um, there's no other way of putting it, really. And um, and that, to me, looks more sexual than just being completely naked. And we've always said that. And when people actually come to a naturist place for the first time they've never been, they're always sort of, un, you know, underwhelmed about how boring actually being naked is. It's nothing sexual. It's nothing. They're thinking, you know, they're going to go there and something's going to happen. But actually, you know, when you're all and, you know, it's we said it's about the etiquette thing about not looking at people's genitalia or, or breasts or whatever. You're looking right. at their face like I would do normally if I was talking to you clothed, you know. Yeah. Um, but like you're right, you know, your eyes would if you're wearing a bikini, naturally you know you're going to look at what's there you know you're not going to just shy away from it you know and I think like I say the comparison is incredible you know once you're in a naturist environment you you don't you don't forget about all that you just it just goes out the window you know and you're just you know concentrating on that person their face and their you know eye level that's what you're looking at yeah and most bathing suits I shouldn't say most but it seems like most to me the ones I see on the beach are designed to enhance bodies. They're to accentuate certain parts and make them look a whole lot better, meaning a whole lot more sexual in some cases. And certainly the media promotes that to the hilt. You know, magazines, movies, you know, whatever. Everybody looks like a million bucks in a bikini. Well, yeah, they've had plastic surgery a thousand times over. They have bikinis made especially for them. And that's what we try to duplicate. Well, I can look like him or I can look like her. I think I'll throw this on. And then the games begin, and it is a game. It's a game that really nobody wins. But again, if you close free, I've said this before because somebody said it to me, when everybody is naked, nobody is naked. You're just enjoying close free living. And like you said, you're looking at them in the eyes and getting to know them as a person, not, hey, look at what she has or look what he has. It's just all that's gone, and you just enjoy people for who they are, right down to the, the, the very core and the very soul of who they are, right? Um, um, but why would you want you don't want to be a clone of someone else you want to be your own individual person that's another aspect of it um and why would you you know like want to have your boobs pushed right up or you know your 
but but enhanced all that sort of thing you know be who you are and and feel proud about your body you know we're all different shapes and sizes we don't come as one you know thing where we are all individual and i think that's the thing to remember you know and i think that's what nature is and teaches people as well you know men or women the same thing you know we are all individuals and there's no such thing as a perfect body oh that's right in fact i've heard you say that before Essentially, I'm not really, it's not a direct quote, but a a paraphrasing of what you said. If you're waiting until you get the perfect body to go nude, you'll basically be waiting until you die because you're not going to develop the perfect body. There's almost no such thing, or if there is, it's point zero 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 one percent of the population, right? And and also it's it's wasting your energies, you know, like why would you waste so much of your life, you know, worrying about what other people think about how you look and you know, have I got this latest sort of garment from whoever or whatever to make myself look like that? It's not worth it. Just enjoy yeah. your life, you know, enjoy your body for what it is, you know, um, right. and you only get one life. So try and enjoy it the best way you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard people talk about, and this isn't a naturism thing, but it can be related to it. They talk about downsizing or cleaning out their closets or cleaning out their basement or garage. They just feel better when the clutter is gone. Well, mm. to me, I look at clothing as clutter. Just when you remove it, you just feel a whole lot better. I can't imagine any other way. Now, I was lucky. I was allowed to be nude my entire life, you know, uh, uh, my entire childhood through high school, even through college. I lived with my parents while I attended college, nude all of the time, never mm. an issue, never discussed, never, hey, you might want to put a shirt on. No, nothing ever like that ever came up because that's just how we lived. And I know I grew up with a whole lot more self-confidence and self-esteem than just about anybody else to the point people thought, well, who does he think he is? Well, I didn't think I was anybody. I was just enjoying my life and I didn't have to worry about all this other junk and clutter that other mm. people have. Mm. Is, is that one way to kind of, kind of explain it to people who have never tried it before? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, I personally, I don't wear a bra um, and that's my choice, but it has, taken me time to do that but I actually feel um and I talk to people about this as well about the benefits of not actually wearing a bra and getting rid of your clutter like you were saying about clothes I only have a limited amount of clothes and that's that's through choice um because I feel like we don't need all these clothes you know you have certain sets and yes you have a washing machine and you can wash them and re- and go over them but you don't need huge and it's better mentally for you as well you know um mm-hmm. going back to the bra thing um for women women when your breasts are able to relax i mean obviously you've got lymph nodes and thing and it helps with the lymphatic drainage in, in your breast so you know having a bra that's pushing all this up underwire bras for instance they can make sort of like marks on you people try and squeeze themselves into sort of garments that are not really well don't fit them really and and they get all sorts of problems you know i've seen a lady when i've done massage and she came to me and she had a like a sort of puncture wound basically in the side of her breast because she was wearing this garment to make her boobs look better and i said does that not you know like you need to get that sorted out you know she oh yeah but i love this bra and i'm thinking get rid of it you know but that's up to her but it is her her decision but i i had to say i thought god that's that's not very you know pleasant for anybody really you know well i've had more than a few women as in a whole lot of women who have told me you know they wear a bra to work or they wear a bra to the store but the first thing when they walk in their door, that bra comes off. And of course, yeah. my response is, well, why did you put it on to begin with? If it feels <laughs> so good to have it off. 
And sometimes they really can't come up with a reason other than that's what my mom told me to do 100 years ago or that's what everybody else does. And they never really think for themselves, you know, I'm happiest when the bra is off. So why do I put it on? And I've, again, more than a few, not as many as the first number, who have come back to me and said, you know, you're right. I went to work today with no bra and either nobody noticed or nobody cared. And I felt totally relaxed and comfortable all day for the first time in 20 years just by simply removing a bra which, as you said, is highly restrictive. Obviously, I don't wear one, never have, but I can't imagine, you know, all those straps, you know, cutting into your back and around your, uh, you know, the sides. And, yeah, just just take them off and leave them off. And it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. In fact, it's not a sexual thing. You know, society has made us think that women's nipples are sexual. Uh, Where so a man's nipple, you know, that's not sexual. And they could be a go walk around and be topless and be happy. Or even go to work and have, well, obviously men don't wear bras, but when they put a show on, they see their nipples are showing. But if you went to work with no bra on and your nipples are showing, you would probably be get pulled aside and and have a, you know, chat to about it because it's not acceptable in society, you know. But I think... There are ways of, you know, you can wear a, you know, if you really need to do that, you can wear a, a cami top. But then yet again, that gets away from what you're actually trying to achieve is, is be briar free. Um, mm-hmm. You're just trying to cover up what other people think you should cover up. Yeah. I had a woman on my staff some years ago. This was in the corporate world. So, you know, highly textile world. And I don't know what she did, how she did it. I, I never got into it with her. But every time we'd have a meeting with the whole staff, she'd be sitting there and her nipples would be popping through, you know, to beat the band and sometimes throughout the day as well. But especially at meetings. And I would have staff members come up to me, men and women like, hey, Frank, you probably ought to talk to her. Did did you notice what was going on? Of course, as the boss, I'd play dumb. No, what happened? Well, her nipples were and I wanted to tell them they didn't know I was a naturist. You know, I had to keep that Mm. uh, out of the mainstream, you know, when I was in the textile world. Uh, even though as soon as I got home, all the clothes came off and stayed off until the next day. So I couldn't explain that I was a naturist, but they took it as a sexual thing. And, and a few were offended. How dare she have her nipples popping through her dress at a meeting? Well, what do you do with that if you're in the textile world? And I just said, you know, it's it's her thing. And I don't think she's doing anything on purpose. And actually, I don't know if she was or not. And I, I don't know if she can, but I just said, you know, what are you looking for? You should have been looking at me. You know, I, I was leading the meeting in case you didn't notice it. Yeah. And so we diffused it that way. But yeah, it becomes an issue. You know, uh, and you mentioned that my nipples are fully on display all of the time in the naturist world. Uh, even in the textile world, if I go to the beach or if I go out to get my mail and, you know, I don't have a shirt on. No problem. Nobody even gives a darn. But if you did it in, in many situations in a neighborhood all heck would break loose right oh definitely it's it's such a an imbalance of you know but it's a societal thing like i said before um until society changes its attitudes we're always going to have that problem unfortunately so yeah i remember asking my mom as a kid because uh she was and i've never gotten the answers to this i think it's because of the way they did it in the old country which was in uh hungary Uh, But men were always nude in my family, you know, uncles, grandpa, everything else. Females seldom were nude. Sometimes they would be, but usually they had clothes on. And I remember asking my mom, you know, first of all, why do you wear clothes? And secondly, why do you wear a bra? And her answers were very similar to what we've said. Well, that's just what we've always done. It's kind of the expectation women are supposed to be dressed. 
well, I guess if you're going to listen to the world, then you're not going to try naturism, then you're going to miss out. And so your advice, uh, before we move on to the next topic, then, uh, obviously clothes free living for all the right reasons, but your advice to women is get rid of the darn bra because it actually does harm to you, right? Absolutely. Just, just get rid of it. I mean, you know, you don't need it really. It's yeah. like I say, I think it's a massive societal thing and, and, you know, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it seems to be, and somebody told me, and I, you know, I'm not a medical person, so I don't know. Uh, but essentially, if you falsely hold the breasts up and, and push them up and hold them in place, you know, higher than nature intended, that actually does some harm, too, because you're not mm. letting them develop the muscles on their own. Have you heard that? Is that true as far as you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of women have this fear of their breasts sagging as they get older. And, you know, yes, you know, that's but yet again, that's an aging process and you shouldn't be worried. I mean, grow old well my opinion is you grow old gracefully and if you're if you you know breasts do sag a little bit but the bra is not going to help that you know a bra is yeah. it, it will help them temporarily but it's not yeah. going to help them you know your body is is getting older that's what happens just to just appreciate your body and accept what's happening to you and i know a lot of people can't do that and they go to surgery and things like that but you know from my way of thinking i i think you know just just accept what you are for what you are and people like that more i believe because you're being more respectful towards yourself rather than trying to be something that you're actually not yeah. Well, as we age, you know, obviously you just mentioned breasts begin to sag. Well, hair begins to change color on men more than women. Hair tends to, to fall out. It's, you know, I used to have a very thick head of hair when I was 20. I don't anymore because I'm aging. So that's just one of those, you know, accept it. And if we're told that early on, you know, enjoy your life now because those breasts, which are, you know, perfectly whatever by societal standards, will be sagging when you get to be 50, 60, 120, whatever just normal. It's just normal living. So if we go out of our way to take away nature in this case, like, okay, my breasts are sagging, so I'm going to pump them up and push them up as high as I can. That actually does physical damage, right? It does physical damage. Yeah. Like I say, yeah. I'm not a medical person, but I know that that can help, you know, can, can make it worse. Sorry. So it just yeah. um, isn't, isn't a good thing all around really. Yeah, no, I fully agree. We're talking to Fiona Discombe this morning, part of the Mike and Fiona team, Fiona and Mike, Michael and Fiona, however you say it, uh, Fiona, uh, from the UK. We're going to get into the how they traveled throughout uh, Europe and looking at naturist resorts and how they uh, have their hotel on a boat that you can actually sign up for and be a guest. Uh, but before we do, Fiona, can you tell our listeners how to get a hold of you or how to find you, how to find your hotel on the boat business. So whatever you want to put out there, it'd be a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, if you, if you could say, um, Google, um, narrowboathotel.com, um, that should come up with all the information they need. Um, if they can't get information through that for whatever reason, um, you can contact us directly. Um, on, um, I, I can give you our email address, which is probably, can I do that? Can I give you an email? Uh, sure. Yeah. Whatever you so, want. Sure. Um, I can do uh, M Discombe, which is D I S C O M B E, at hotmail.co.uk. All right. Well, very good. The very terrific Fiona Discombe, and we'll get to part two of my interview with her next week, naturistbnb.com. 
Well, thank you for being with us today on Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 33 today. We give you a brand new show every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Continue to join us. Check us out on our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com, Spotify, Google, Amazon slash Audible, Apple Podcasts, and also on Twitter. You can write us anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And uh, we thank you for being with us uh, today. Plan to join us for every single one of our shows here and have your clothes off when you're listening. We have our clothes off when we're broadcasting, enjoying the naturist life. We celebrate clothes-free living for all. Remember to enjoy being naked and join us again for Naked Nudist and Naturist. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning, so come back and join us. Have your clothes off when you do for Naked Nudist and Naturist. Have a great clothes-free day. Clothes-free.